We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg, yes. touchdown, Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 243 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre. How you boys doing on this lovely Friday night? A little different recording time, but how you boys doing tonight? I'm doing great. Weather has been awesome here. Can't complain. Hope you guys are doing well. Malcolm, what's up with you, bro? Woo! Let's go, man. How y'all doing today, man? Good, man. You know, it's been a minute. We haven't been offline recording in, you know, now two weeks. You know, now that we're we're in the dog days right now of trying to find stuff to talk about as far as football-wise, just because there's not really much to talk about now that the draft obviously has been way past us and free agency is way past us. And we're just kind of waiting for the anticipation of Training camp, which doesn't start until late July, and we are in the start of June right now. So we still have some time time to go till we get to that point. So we're going to do a little defensive breakdown. We already did the offensive side of the ball where we kind of just broke down every single position on this team, some competition to look for in camp, and you know maybe some starters to expect coming into the season and all that, and just everything to kind of be prepared for going into – training camp, which obviously a lot of this could change. Roster movements could change. The Lions could sign some guys. The Lions could trade for some guys going to training camp. This could all change. So we're just doing what we have right now, June, with the teams that we have right now and what we've heard and seen from OTAs. So with that being said, let's get straight into it. Let's talk about this Lions defense. Uh, Aaron Glenn, your returning defensive coordinator, where there was obviously some concern maybe he would get a new job this offseason and he didn't and dan campbell is obviously very excited to have aaron glenn back he said if he didn't get him back it'd feel like he wouldn't have pants on right now and he wouldn't know what to do so uh to have aaron glenn back in the building be at our dc i think lions fans obviously are very happy very relieved and i think dan campbell himself he admitted he's very happy and relieved 
So let's talk about these edge rushers where, you know, Peter asked me the question. He goes, what do you think the strongest position on this defensive unit is? And I said, I think it's the edge rushers. And that might surprise some Lions fans because we never hear those words, edge rushers and strength. I mean, but the Lions really revamped this, this edge rusher room, obviously using pick number two on Aiden Hutchinson, going in the second round, drafting Josh Pascal, and then bringing back every guy that they had last year, which was – not necessarily a really good unit, but a unit that has some potential and showed some flashes last year. So let's get right into it. Uh, Peter, what is our edge rusher unit looking like right now? So I'm going to go like if healthy, right? I think the starters of healthy are Romeo, Quarra, Aiden Hutchinson. And then your top backups are probably Josh Pascal, Charles Harris, Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant. And then I think they added Eric Banks as well. Um, so you so you look at these guys right now. You look at the guys that we have right now. You mention the locks right now, like Aiden Hutchinson. That's a lock. Josh Pascal, they drafted him. That's a lock. They brought back Charles Harris on a two-year deal. You assume that's probably a lock. Romeo Quara, yeah. if healthy, like you said, probably a lock. So that's four right there. Usually going into most years, going into the regular season, when you make your roster cut down to 53 you probably are carrying anywhere from five to six edge rushers. I just named four guys on top of, you know, right now that are pretty much locks right now. You yeah. look at the rest of these guys, who are some competitions to look out for in camp, do you think? Um, well, I would say maybe another lock is Julian Aquara, probably. I think he's more looking into looking out, but a camp battle to watch, maybe Aquara versus Austin Bryan. But guys, Austin Bryan is hurt right now again. He wasn't participating in OTAs. He said, Austin Bryant's here. He goes, oh, shit, here we go again. There's the thing with Austin Bryant. The guy can't just can't stay healthy. Um, want to see him on the field, right? But it looks like right now he's probably way low on the depth chart, and it's hurting his chances right now making the roster. We'll see, obviously, as training camp goes on, how his health progresses. But right now he's not out there. Julian Aquara is out there, and Aquara is actually cross-training with the linebackers, edge rushers, he's standing up, he's playing off ball, he's putting his hand in the dirt. So it seems like they have a role for him, a little of everything. Yeah. That's Julian, not Romeo. That's Julian. Romeo is still uh, recovering from an injury. Hey, Malcolm, when you hear these edge rushers, are you kind of thinking the same way as Pierre right now? Like I, I bring up Aiden Hutchinson, that's a lock, obviously. Josh Besco, that's a lock. Romeo Quara, once he gets healthy, he's going to be on this team. And um, Charles Harris, you assume he's going to be on this team as well. So are you kind of in the same realm of Pierre right now? It's like it's Julian Aquara and probably Austin Bryant looking out right now. Yeah, as far as like the the name individuals who you know all the fans are aware of, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be Julian Aquara or Austin Bryant. And for some reason, man, Austin Bryant just can't stay healthy. He reminds me of another defensive player that we had on our team. He reminds me of Deshaun Hand, man. He just Ooh. reminds me of Deshaun Hand because he's just a guy who just just can't stay healthy to save his life. It's been rough for him, man. And I think the only difference is with those two is I think Deshaun Hand obviously showed a little bit more with, with yeah. the Lions compared to Austin Bryant. But yeah, I mean, Austin Bryant in very, 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 very limited, you know, time looking at him, uh, especially last year. Like we've seen the flashes out of the guy. Like he could be a good player. I mean, we've seen him make some plays on special teams. We've seen him make some plays on the defense side of the ball. I mean, obviously not consistently because he's just not on the field consistently. But like, he's not a bad player. It's just he's not. 
the best ability is your availability. And frankly, Austin Bryant just doesn't provide that. Yeah. I mean, if I had to probably change one other thing besides his, his health, it will probably be his, his sack celebration. Like that, 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 that karate a little, kid like, kick. Kai, kai, uh, yeah. <laughs> that karate kid kick. Yeah, that gotta go. He has to change that. That he needs another another celebration, man. <laughs> that that doesn't do it for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially when you look at this unit as well. I think you compare it to other years. Um, I think like we we already mentioned some guys that are kind of just locks already. It's gonna be really really difficult for those you know those UDFA's those late round draft picks to kind of crack a spot on the fifty three man roster because you already have so many guys that you're pretty much already counting to make your 53. Like there's not really much pressure on those guys that they're not going to be out. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, he's obviously not going anywhere. Josh Pascal, he's obviously not going anywhere. And then Charles Harris, I mean, you think with the contract they gave him, he's not going anywhere either. So, and Romeo Quara, you know, once he's healthy. So uh, compared to other years, you know, you could look at some of these other guys, maybe not the big names, and maybe they get an opportunity they can make the team. This year, it's going to be really, really difficult, and you're going to have to do something really outstanding in training camp and preseason to really crack this 53-man roster for your edge rusher. Yeah, yeah, another thing is, too, uh, Jared Davis and James Houston are kind of both playing that linebacker, edge rusher, hybrid type of like. They're moving on back and forth kind of like with Julian Aquara. So, <clears throat> wow, that's so another they're, thing. They're going to have Jared Davis rushing the passer now? On third down, uh, like on first and second, apparently he's playing linebacker. On third down, he's playing like that edge rusher role. Let's go, man. I think that will probably get the best out of him, man. You know what I'm looking for? Yeah, he definitely does. What I'm looking for this year, I want to see who's going to be our Charles Harris. That's what I'm looking for. I want want a guy that's going to come out of nowhere and be very productive. That's who I'm looking for. Do you have a prediction? A prediction for a Charles Harris. I'm going to go ahead and say Julian O'Cor this year. I think okay. Julian O'Cor this year is going to be the guy that's going to have that six and a half, maybe seven sacks um, this year. That I mean, that could happen. I mean, what Pierre mentioned too. I mean, obviously it's OTAs. There's really no playbook calling right now. It's just kind of just seeing guys and looking at where guys could play right now. But if they have a role for him, they could carve out a role for him on game days. Yeah, maybe there's something there with Julian Aquara and they could get something out of him where he could produce for this football team and become a factor for this defense side of the ball for sure. Um, my Charles Harris is not a defensive lineman, it's actually a corner, and it's my boy Jeff Okuda. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's different. That's that is different. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about uh you're just a talking about Jay a comeback Jacobs player. Kind of, yeah, a comeback player. Oh, player. okay. Yeah, no, oh, no, I no. didn't know. I thought you were talking about like a breakout player. No, I mean, no he's no. talking about a I'm guy not... like you have zero expectations for. Levi Zaruki. Levi Zaruki. Okay. That We're about to get into that when we talk about the interior. Let's do okay. it right now. Let's talk about the interior right now. Peter, what's the guys we're looking at right now in the interior? Who, who's out? There? All right. So I think the starters, I think it's fair to say right now, is Brockers and McNeil. And then the top like backups are probably Levi, Deshaun Cornell, Panasini, Bruce Hector. And Demetrius Taylor is an undrafted guy. He's probably a practice squad guy, I say right now. But I mean, it's. It, Pretty deep, man. It's like deeper than it's been in a while, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the interior. You got McNeil. He had a good rookie season, obviously. He's coming into year two. He's going to probably have a more prominent role. He had a already pretty prominent role in his rookie season. So, you know, that's going to just probably grow. Had a good year. Um, you know, I'm interested to see if one of these young guys could potentially push out a guy like Brockers for some more snaps. And, 
And that, that could be to a guy that Pierre just mentioned, a guy like Levi Anzariki. You know, they took him in the second round last year. And I want to see some steps from him, you know, because he was a guy that I had high hopes for and we just didn't see enough from him in his rookie season. And I think Dan Campbell and the staff admitted that it was kind of almost a redshirt year for Levi Anzariki. They just didn't really know what to expect because he was coming off an injury and he had limited time in training camp and it was just kind of uh, it's going to be limited year from last year. So I want to see for him personally, could he make that jump this year going into year two? Could he become one of those prominent starters where he can get more snaps on this defense side of the ball? And then maybe could he push off a guy, a veteran like Michael Brockers to less snaps and maybe he could put himself in a position he, where he could pair himself with the other rookie or w- with his rookie classmate, Ali McNeil. And I think that'd be something to watch out for. So that, that's something that I think Lions should definitely keep an eye out for coming into training camp, going to the preseason and seeing the progression of Levi Anzariki and what he could do this year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> apparently, like Levi has been like in Detroit this offseason, recovering and working with the D-line coach, Todd Wash and all those guys. And I read today that he looks a lot better than he did last year in OTAs. Obviously, no pads are on, but it's good signs. And Aline McNeil looks stronger as well. Um, I do think, of, like, eventually the plan for them, because when you draft a guy in the second round, it's, it's for him to start. Mm-hmm. Levi and and Brad Holmes actually was eager to trade for him, like, into the first round. So they were really high on Levi on Zeruki. I don't think they're giving up after like a subpar year or a bad year after his first year in the league. You know, he had a year off from COVID. I don't know if you guys remember that. Then he got hurt in the senior bowl. So the guy really is kind of raw, right? Um, so he put on some weight, got stronger, looks like. And I think this new scheme, the attacking scheme that they're building, I think it fits him well because he's a guy who's quick, could get after the quarterback. I, I think nice. it's re- I think it's really big too that Aaron Glenn staying another year for Levi Onzerike. I know Aaron Glenn's known to be more working with the with the defensive backs, but I think him getting another year in the system, getting another year of being coached by Aaron Glenn, I think that's gonna be really huge for him. Where if he had to go through another defensive coordinator, even if it would have been the same staff, let, let's say Aubrey Pleasant, for example. I, th- I still think it was very beneficial to get another year out of Aaron Glenn for Levi Onzerike's progression this year. And I'm, I'm expecting a bigger role from him. I mean, Michael Brockers, I think he's a replaceable. I really do think he's replaceable. And I, I think a guy like Levi could hopefully be that guy. And like you mentioned, second-round pick, a guy they were willing to potentially go up in the first round and get him. Um, yeah, I mean, they have big expectations for him. That yeah. Would, that would be huge if he's able to take that step. I yeah. think if – if we get a, a guy in the interior to be a force, and it's very possible, you know, uh, with us drafting aided, it could make other guys better. And, you know, yeah. this could be a very good opportunity for Levi to be a better player. You know, he, he could definitely, you know, it's not that hard for him to improve from what he did last year because, to be honest, he really didn't do much. But yeah. um, if he become a solid, you know, player where you're looking at him that he could potentially be a starter, that will be huge for this Lions, this Lions defense and this Lions team itself, um, if that's the case. Now, as far as Michael Brockers, I, I think they value Michael Brockers a little bit differently. I think they value Michael Brockers with with his leadership. So it'll be hard for Levi. I think this year it'll be hard for Levi to come in and just steal his job and just be that starter. You know, just get majority of the snaps. I think they're going to still use Michael Brockers just because of his leadership and. Um, 
just just I think just leadership alone. They're gonna um have him starting on the D line. That's that, that that's what I think about that. Yeah, so I actually read a thing, I think it was today or yes, it was earlier today, I believe. So the oldest player on the Lions is Michael Brockers. After that, the youngest one is Vitae, and he's about to turn 29. <clears throat> and the youngest player, the oldest player in the D-line room after Brockers is Bruce Hector, and he's kind of like a, you know, like a fringe guy. He might not make the roster. Yeah. So like Malcolm said, you got Levi Onzruki, you got Zach Pascal, Josh. you have Aiden Hutchinson. My bad, Josh, Zach <laughs> Thinking of the Colts player. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. Um, you have all these young guys, and you need you need mentors for them, right? You like you yeah. need a veteran in the D line room. I know I just named some edge rushers, even the interior, Aleem McNeil, Levi. Those both are interior guys. You need a you need a veteran in there, man. Isn't Charles Harris what 27, 28? Yeah, he was in the same class as Jared Davis. You know, he was the pick right before Jared, so he just got drafted in twenty seventeen, so, so he's not much older. So you need you need to have veteran leadership. Sometimes you need to have old guys. You can't just have all young guys. Yeah. And I um, think that's mainly his role, honestly. He's more of a leader, but he didn't have a good year last year. I'm actually expecting Brockers to play better this year. I think the new scheme also is a better fit form, a more attacking scheme. Yeah, I yeah, mean I agree. he's obviously got the C patch for a reason. He is a leader, like you guys mentioned. And I agree with you guys. I think going into the season it's going to be michael brockers starting at that three tech spot and it's not going to be levi but i think they'll obviously sprinkle levi in the game i think more prominently than they did last year um but i think hopefully at a certain point in the season you know maybe you look at that week five week six right around that bye week maybe after maybe levi could really step up and he can take more of those snaps and brockers in the games potentially at some point and that's possible it is very possible. It is, and also also depends on how they're playing too. Yeah, I mean, if every, everything is working. Yeah, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Same, I man. also think um, I think Brackers might be more of a two down player because they added pass rushers Aiden and Pascal yeah. could both play inside. Um, so, and Levi obviously he's more of a pass rusher than a run stuffer. At least coming out, that's what he was. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Let's transition to these linebackers, which we were mentioning that we were looking at this linebacker corpse and we're like, oof, uh, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys here, but 
it, it, this is more seems like quantity over quality over here for sure. Yeah. Pierre, go ahead. What's the linebacker looking like right All now? All right. Um, so I'm going to assume the starters are Alex Hanson-Lone and then Derek Barnes, the fourth-round pick from last year. But I think okay. Chris Board and Rodriguez could push him and Jared Davis also. Um, you have your other backup, James Houston, uh, Josh Woods, Sean Young Hamilton, Anthony Pittman, and then they just claimed this kid, I think, a week or two ago, Natris Patrick, Atres Patrick, former Rams linebacker. Okay. So we're looking at this linebacker corpse. Alex Anzalone, you brought him back for a reason. He's, he's definitely going to be your, probably your week one starter. I don't think that's really much. He's argument. serviceable, right? I mean, he was all right. He's He was pretty good. I mean, after Jamie Collins, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, not to you know be repetitive, but after Jamie Collins got cut last year from the Lions, I mean, his game really stepped up. I think, I don't know. We, we've talked about it, so there's no really point of repeating this. But, yeah, I mean, he stepped up after Jamie Collins got out the door. So I think they brought him back for a reason, obviously. He's going to be your week one starter at linebacker. And then I think that second spot, that's going to be interesting because there is no more Jalen Rees-Maben. And Derek Barnes was a guy that I think we all fans expected to be that guy. And I think we expect him right now to be that guy, but we got to be honest with ourselves. There was some things that they didn't see with Derek Barnes in that regular season. And he didn't get that role at the time. I mean, they elected to go with other guys. They elected to go with guys like Josh Woods before his injury, Jalen Reese Maven, um, even Anthony Pimmon at some point during the season. So yes, that was his rookie season. And you hope that he learned and took some steps going into year two now, but I don't think it's a slam dunk to just assume that Derek Barnes is going to be the starting linebacker to go alongside Alex Anzalone. Does he have a good shot? Yeah, he has a good shot to make it. I mean, I just mentioned the linebacker corpse right now. Or Pierre just mentioned the linebacker corpse right now. It's not all that right now. And uh, he's definitely got a legitimate shot to win it. But it's no it's no slam dunk by any means. They brought in guys like Jared Davis. They brought in guy from like Chris Board from Baltimore. And... These guys are hungry as well, and these guys are looking to start too, and that's why they came here to come push Derek Barnes to be a potential starter. So it's going to be definitely a spot to watch in this camp, and it's going to be definitely interesting to see the progression of Derek Barnes. Obviously, I think a guy we're all high on, he could be that guy, and we hope he could be that guy. We saw some flash in the preseason. We see some flash in the regular season. We just want to see it more consistently definitely with Derek. Do you guys remember Miles Kilibru, his rookie year? Yeah. He started off on special teams, and they slowly put him on defense. Mm -hmm. I think Malcolm Rodriguez could be that, but I don't think he'll phase out of defense. I think he'll his role will expand on defense. I remember Killebrew was kind of just like special teams, defense. You could even just mention Reeves Maben last year. I know he's not on the team anymore, but Reeves Maben was a guy forever, special teams. Aaron Glenn comes in, started off as a special teams player, but at a certain point, they gave him a very prominent role in defense to pair along with Alex Anzalone. And I know he's not here anymore, but I, I, I thought he did a very solid job. And that's why he got a, a contract with Houston. And he's going to be competing this year to be a starting defense player, thinking that he's more than a special teams player. Uh, yeah, so uh, keep an eye on Malcolm Rodriguez. This kid is small, but, like, he loves football. He's fast. He flies around the field. Um, He's an interesting name to watch for sure. That's my um. That's my low key breakout rookie player that I have this year. As far as a starter, I think he could be a starter. I think he eventually becomes one. I think he like he's gonna be like that player that, like a, uh, uh, you know, the guy you drafted late and you have no really no expectation for. Yeah. No, 
I'm not even sure if he's going to make the roster. Well, I think he is going to make the roster. I don't think there's a question if he's going to make the roster. Yeah, but I think he's going to have a very expanded role with this team. I think this is his athleticism, the way he flies around the ball. He, you know, I, I believe in college he led his team in tackling like four straight years or something like that. I think this kid, you know, once he gets a grasp of, you know, the NFL and the pro level, I think he's going to take off. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. I, I really do. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> he's my breakout kid, man. That's what I have in my breakout kid. And if he does break out, man, if or if anybody in this position, if we have a linebacker that does break out and plays, I'm not going to say elite. I'm just going to say extremely well. This whole defense, I'm telling you, this whole defense's team will be different. Yeah, and then um, Malcolm, to add to the he's also really good on special teams. So like if he struggles at linebacker at the very least for a sixth round pick, you have a good special teams player. Yeah. That's why I say he's going to make the team. There's no question about that. Even if he's not a starter or maybe even the second string linebacker, he's going to make the team on special teams. So he's going to make the team regardless, but I just think he's going to take, I just have a feeling just his athleticism. I think he's going to take off. I hope man. Very quickly. Let's ask, let's get some quick predictions then June 3rd. So, Take it with a grain of salt, people. June 3rd, going into week one, who's going to be starting linebackers? Start off with you, Michael. Starting linebackers? Yeah, like two or three. Two. Two. I think it's going to be Alex Anzalone for sure. And I'm flipping the coin. I mean, I think it's going to be between three guys. I think it's either going to be between either Jared Davis, Derek Barnes, or um, Chris Board. Okay, I think it'll be between the if I have to choose one. You have to choose one. I'm gonna go Chris Chris Board. Chris Board? I'm gonna go okay. Chris Board. Yeah. Here, who do you got? Oh. <laughs> okay. My bad. Um so I'm gonna go with Alex Anzalone, and I've been going back between Derek Barnes and Chris Board. Derek Barnes is a rookie. They like Tim Board, it's just a one year deal. I'm gonna go with Derek Barnes. Um but I'm not like super not confident that it's not a slam dunk. It's not a slam dunk. Yeah, me neither. I, I think it could, I honestly think it could be between those three. I think they'll rotate some guys in. Honestly, like depending on the personnel or what they want to do, I don't think you can have like exclusively two of the same guys every play. Like I think they're gonna like, like for example, if they want coverage. Board comes in. If they want like, like a run thumper or whatever, maybe Derek Barnes comes in or something. You know what I mean? I don't think it's gonna be like. Hey, just throw Anzalone and Barnes in there, and let's go yeah, like that's that. True. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I guess I'm really basing off last year. They kind of just did that. It was kind of just two linebackers. As long as you're healthy, you're playing the whole game. Anzalone, whoever is whoever he's with, if it was Reese Maybin, if it was um, uh, Josh Woods, like those guys played the whole game. So maybe they do change up the philosophy a little bit this year. They have some different style linebackers. Uh, so maybe you go in with like an Anzalone and a Dirk Barnes in a certain play, or you go with an Anzalone and a um, Chris Board in a certain play, or Davis, or whoever it is, right? I mean, yeah, maybe they're a little more versatile this year. Maybe they go to some different guys this year instead of just sticking with two guys. So we'll see. Uh, if I had to make my prediction, I'm going to go Anzalone and Barnes. I just I'm high on Barnes still. I know he had up and down rookie year. Yeah. I've seen flashes, man. I just I've, I've seen the flashes. I, I just feel like he's going to be a really good linebacker in this league, man. I really do. So I still do. I still believe. I still believe that too, man. So me I'm gonna, too. I'm going to go with Anzalone and Barnes on this one. All right, let's transition to the defensive back room. Let's start off with the corners first. So, Pierre, what's our cornerback room looking like? All Very right. young room. 
So I'm assuming this if healthy, the starters are uh, Akuda and Amani. And then that's, uh, I'm guessing in the nickel, it's between um, Will Harris and AJ Parker. I don't know who's going to start there. That's going to be something interesting to watch. And then your backups are uh, Jerry Jacobs, Mike Hughes, Ifatu Melifan, who he's been working a little at safety as well, so I'm keeping an eye on. And then you have like guys like Bobby Price, Mark Gilbert, Savion Smith. They signed Jermaine Waller, and then obviously Chase Lucas, another guy, and then Cedric Boswell they signed also as an undrafted guy. So it's pretty – I don't want to – right now they're banged up. Obviously, Okuda is still recovering, but he's on track to just like be a full-go in training camp. Chase Lucas is hurt, the rookie. Um, Jerry Jacobs is recovering from an ACL injury. Ifatu Melifano didn't participate today, so he might be dealing with something minor. It's not really – right now the starters and OTAs are, I believe, he said Amani Awarie and Will Harris. I wanna, so they're a little banged up. I want to single in on Jeff Okuda. What, what what is this year for Jeff Okuda? What does he need to do this year? And what does this year mean to him for Jeff Okuda? Okay, this might not be fair, but he was the number three overall pick. It's time to put up or shut up. Like, this is his year. If he, if he doesn't play well this year, then it's kind of like you could label him a bust, I guess, if you want to do that, right? Is that is fair he, after three years if he doesn't mm, do anything? Yeah. Mm, no, that's definitely fair. I mean, people have already done it, which I don't think is even a bad take right now. But <laughs> this I is don't a, think it's fair to yeah. call him a bust after two years. But <laughs> to be fair, the kid just hasn't been put – I mean – Last year sucks. First year was obviously like a shit show with yeah. the coaching staff. Last year, obviously, he wrecked his Achilles. So this is. I mean, this, this year make or break for Jeff, mm. right? Like if if he if he doesn't perform this well, if he gets hurt again, like a significant injury, like is it done? Are you done with Jeff Okuda as a lion? Um. Well, you still have one more year of him, but I think maybe like expecting him to be that player that I expect him to be. I think those expectations can be thrown out the window if he like well, struggles this year. Well, let me ask you a question: what, what what player do you expect him to be? What do you mean? He drafted three, you, he drafted three overall. CB1. I expect him to be the number one corner of, of the Detroit Lions or the NFL. Of the Lions, no, not oh, the the NFL. Lions. Oh. <laughs> I mean, in the CB1. NFL. Maybe not like year three, but if like let's say he plays well this year, year four, year five, yeah, I'm expecting to play better than year four, like this year, for example, year three. This is third year, right? Yeah. So let's say he plays well this year. I'm expecting to do even better next year, right? I mean, all right, let's get there first. I I I don't even want to think of year four. That's what I'm expecting. This year, that's what he's expecting. No, this year I'm expecting him at some point to be CB one. That's what I need out of him. I need that out of so, Jeff this year. So if you see B2, that's not that's not acceptable. I mean, that's fine. He's a starter, but like he I mean, was drafted if, at number three. You if know? Amani's playing out of his damn mind right now, or out of his mind in this regular season, and they're just a great duo, then yeah, I'm completely fine with those being CB1, CB2. I don't care right. about the label at that point. But I want him to see him play well. And I want to be confident that he could be a CB1. Maybe if he's a CB2 because Amani's playing so well, that's fine. But if he could be a CB1 on a different team. That's what I want to expect out of Jeff Okuda. That makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, this is probably, I know we're saying the, the strongest unit was the edge. As far as my favorite unit on defense, I'll probably say is the quarterback position. The, these DBs. This is very, this is very exciting for me, um, for me just to see these guys. I think we have a lot of talent here on, on our DB room. 
And I think this is going to make a lot of guys either put up or shut up, and they're going to either, you know, the competition is either going to make them perform better or he's going to make them fold. I think it's going to make them all perform better, man. I think, you know, we have Jerry Jacobs, who I think could be a starter in this league. I found him out iffy. You know, you know, he can be a starter in this league. Um, you know, of course, Amani, and then we have Jeff. And Jeff is, you know, the guy you guys talked about earlier about his expectations. You know, you guys, I think everybody know I wasn't, you know, very thrilled when we drafted him. And it's because I kind of envisioned the start, you know, with Jeff. I, I knew it wasn't going to be an instant thing with Jeff. But I think this is a good situation now with Jeff. And I think he could definitely bounce back and have a solid season with our situation on defense. Now they got they drafted Aiden Hutchinson. We actually might have a pass rush. I think instead of him having to cover, he's going to be able to do what he did in, in um, Ohio State, which was just jump routes. And I think this is what he's going to be able to do in Detroit um, if we're able to pressure the quarterback. And I think he could have a solid year, all depending on our front four. Our front four is what we're expecting it to be. Jeff Cook is going to be a starter, and he's going to be have a successful year, 100%. But um, if, our, if our defensive line struggles or there's injuries and the guys are just not getting after the quarterback, Jeff Cook is going to struggle. It's, it's, just, it's, going to be, it's going to be the same thing we see from Jeff the past couple of years. Can we say that about, like – we talk about it all the time, especially me and you. We say today's corners are not the same as corners back in the day. I think any corner, any corner, I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey, honestly. I think any corner today's NFL, if you don't have a pass rush, they're not going to be good. Depending on how bad it is. I mean, yeah, no, just, like, like, like if it's bad, like if I, if you have the 25 ranked pass rush in the NFL or lower, I don't care you know, what see, corner, I don't you, care what corner in NFL today. I, they're going to be bad this year, or they're going to be bad. Right? I kind of disagree with that. You, I mean, you're going to see like a um a, a Darius Slay. I mean, like if they're elite and we don't have a pass rush, you could have a situation where you have like a Darius Slay. But even Darius Slay struggled when they was like, all right, play man coverage all the time. Yeah, you know, maybe you could get away with it. Maybe if you're playing cover three, you know, you're playing cover two, you know, you're playing your zones, so you could probably get away with it because you know you're just looking at the ball. But you know, if you're having to cover and you're just Playing man, that is not it is not going to work. It is there? There's no hope. There's this is not going to work. Well, like the thing is, today the receivers are a lot faster than like yeah. the other than back in the day. Whatever, um, more athletic. Obviously, the rules favor the offense as well. Like you touch a guy, it's right. probably a pass interference, right? Like you can't be as physical as you were back in the day. I think with corners. If you're playing man, you better hope your pass rush gets here. If it's five seconds or six seconds for the quarterback, you're, I don't care who you are, you can't cover that long. Yeah, yeah it's not gonna happen. There's just it's no more lockdown corners in the NFL, and it's like like you mentioned, why I think it's the virtue of the league transitioning to how it is. There's speed. See, I don't know speakers. if I agree with like no more lockdown. I think there's some who's lockdown. Guys. Who was locked down in the NFL there's right now? There's nobody locking anybody down in the NFL. Well, like, what's your definition of lockdown? Jalen Ramsey said his definition is lockdowns holding like a top receiver under like I think a hundred yards or something like that. Like, but if he, gets, if he gets nine catches, ninety-eight yards, that's not lockdown. Two no, not like that. I don't think he meant to like that. I think he meant to like no. Like, if, you're okay, bombed, if he gets you're... like two catches for like let's say fifty yards, that's all he gets, like an elite receiver. And he—that's, that, I mean, is that fair to say lockdown? You shut down. If, like, you're, the if you're getting, if you're get, if your name is Jalen Ramsey, if you're getting bombed by Mike Evans, who runs like a four-five, in the playoffs, in the playoffs. I mean, I don't care what it breaks the playoffs. Pre- yeah. It doesn't matter. You can't, you can't say that he's shut down getting bombed by Mike. Show me a play of Deion Sanders in his prime getting bombed by anybody. Show me a play. Just show me I one. I mean, play. the times are different now too, right? It's, I like, mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's champ Billy. 
Show me or, or or even um Revis. A, a prime Darrell Revis. Show me a play that he's getting bombed by a, a receiver running a, that runs a four five. Yeah, those guys are they're different. Yeah, man. yeah. He just he he got beat by footwork. That's the only excuse you can have as a corner if you're gonna get beat by somebody who runs a four five. Mike Evans is not fast. We even saw Darius Slay for many years. Like Darius Slay was a guy that struggle the most with those shifty guys. It wasn't the speedy guys. It was your Keenan Allens. It was your Devontae Adams. It was those guys with great footwork. It wasn't necessarily the speedy guys. I just don't think there's a lockdown corner anymore. Is there elite corners? Yeah. Is there good corners in the NFL? Yeah. I'm not saying there's not any more good corners in the NFL. I just don't associate the word lockdown with any of these corners in the NFL. And I don't know if we'll ever see that ever again in the NFL. Lockdown is what Darryl Revis did. And you look at what he did, like he went weeks. You're like, all right, uh, you know, he'll show like a receiver. Chad Johnson, three catches, 30 yards. That's lockdown. Yeah. Uh, he'll show another receiver, another top receiver, uh, two catches, 28 yards. That's lockdown. That, that's, that's, that's the definition of lockdown. When you put a guy in an island and say, look, I'm manning him up and he's not getting nothing. Revis Island. That's 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 lockdown, and I, we don't have that. You don't have that, and a part of it is the rules. You can say the part of it is the rules, but yeah, a lot of these corners these days are getting beat by footwork, and I wouldn't call that elite because, like, I see Jalen Ramsey get beat by footwork, yeah. and that doesn't put you in elite category. But he's, he's, a, he's, an elite he's, he's elite. He's elite. He's elite. You know, he's a great me, corner. Doesn't put them in a shutdown category for me. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I see what you mean by that. I, I agree. I agree. I guess we have like different kind of definitions of shutdown, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he's elite because he's the top one of the top corners in the league right now. Yeah. He's definitely elite, but he's not gonna he's not gonna hold a receiver and say, "Look, I'm gonna take um who's who's the, who's the top? Give me give me a receiver." Devontae Adams. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> Nobody's Diggs. doing that. But Stephon Diggs. He's not gonna say, "All right, I'm gonna take Stephon Diggs. I'm gonna hold Diggs to three catches today." He ain't going nowhere else. I'm gonna be in front of his face this whole game. He's getting three catches, less three or less catches this game. No corners doing that in the NFL anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think not to get too off topic. Just a quick, uh, you know, to end it off right here. It's just it's a lot more passing too in this in this generation of football too. The passing is a, through the roof right now. It's a passing league, like we call it. So there's not as much running the ball, so they, they're testing these corners a lot more than I feel like they tested them maybe more back in the day as well. You could always also mention, but. But like like Pierre said, it, a lot of it is the rules. You can't it touch is, them, yes. can't breathe on them, can't yeah. breathe on them, can't touch them. After five yards, everything is a damn flag. Yep. Um, it, it makes it it makes it really hard for for a corner, and especially if you're in a system that plays man, that you just have no shot. Yeah. <laughs> unless you have a, unless you have a pass rush that's going to get to the quarterback, you you have no shot. Yeah. Or if you're like Bill Belichick and you just like develop corners, J.C. Jackson, um, Stephon Gilmore had a good year with them for a few years. But for some like, reason, man, even when I watch the Patriots, I don't see the quarterbacks who they're playing have all day. I think this is like a Detroit Lions problem for some reason. Because you, like, you see, we watch teams like the te- even the Texans. You're like, okay, the Texans can kind of who who they have nobody. I don't I don't know who the hell the Texans have, but they're able to get to somebody. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's, it's weird. How how many games are we texting during NFL Sundays or just whenever the NFL is on? Right, we're like, man. I'm jealous of this pass rush, and they're not even a good pass rush in the NFL. Yeah, you're like, how are they doing this, and why can't we do this? Why can't we do this, right? Like, yeah. it, it just it's it's a curse. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we we just can't get to the quarterback. Well, but long story short, my point was to kind of go to the Jeff Akuda was a corner can't co- could only cover for so long. So hopefully that we're hoping that the Lions address the defensive line a lot in these past two drafts. 
you know, you draft Hutchinson, you got Pascal, you drafted Levi last year, drafted McNeil last year. We're hoping this should improve the Lions defensive line and that this should hopefully improve the Lions pass rush. Yeah, he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder, man, because I don't think it's gonna be given to him. He's gonna have to beat out guys. Like it's not gonna be like, all right, look, Jeff, you're you're the starter. Yeah, I think it's all right. You're gonna you have to beat out um you know to beat up Jerry. You know, you gotta beat out Jerry, you gotta beat out Iffy. You know, you gotta earn this starting job. So I think that's right. gonna be I think that's gonna be a big key as as well. See if we can beat out those guys. Cause those guys, hell, if Jeff if Jeff doesn't perform, man, they can come in and take his job and maybe they're the starter. Well, you know? like According to reports, when so he is participating as like um, I think like a couple of walkthroughs he was. It was him and Amani starting in walkthroughs. Okay. So That's I think cool. Akuda right now is CB one, but I don't think like I wouldn't call but, it safe or anything or whatever. Jerry's not there, right? Jerry's not there yet. Jerry's coming off a torn ACL. Um, Chase Lucas is her. Mike Hughes is more of a reserve guy. He's played inside and outside. He hasn't really got starter reps yet. Mike Hughes, I wanted to bring him up. I, I think, was just, I was literally just gonna. I was gonna. I, I think he's a. I think he's gonna be a lock for our nickel. I think I, he had a solid career as a nickel. I think he's our best nickel guy, honestly. I was just gonna uh, say that honestly. I think he could compete for with Will and AJ because AJ. I mean. We we mentioned him a lot as as a UDFA. He was up and down last year. I think he was he was pretty good overall for the team, but I don't think he's by any means a slam dunk to be your starting nickel corner going to year two, especially with the competition. I mean, last year didn't really have much behind him. I mean, he kind of really got the job handed to him. I know he played well, so he earned it, but there's just more competition this year. So a guy like Mike Hughes has started in this league before. Um, I I think he could definitely be a guy that you could look to potentially start this year. I'm not saying he's gonna be the guy necessarily, but Definitely a guy who will compete to start. If I had to, if I had to predict early, I, I would say it's gonna be him. I think he's gonna be the, the the starter at nickel. If I had to predict early, I think it's gonna be AJ Parker. Um, we'll see though. I mean, AJ will have to take a, a huge step because I mean, to be all, uh, to be fair, he, he he's just better. He's a better corner than him, and he has experience. AJ Parker played well, but I mean, even look at P, look at PFF. I mean, even though that's not a tool to go by, but. He's been solid. <laughs> Mike Hughes been very, very, very good. I think he also so had I think, versatility too. Well, what I was like seeing when we were like looked into him is he struggled in the nickel and played well on the outside, but maybe that's a different player. I don't well, know. The, I have to the, go back. The, the thing, did he even play? Did he, he start outside? I thought he started in nickel. He's more of an thought, outside. He's bigger. He, he plays both, but he, he's more. He's not he's bigger. He's actually he's, he's five, five ten, but it, not, it seems like. He you got to think nickel. about somebody. You got to think about somebody else. He's, no, he played, he's a solid nickel. I believe he played nickel from Minnesota. He struggled. Then the Chiefs signed him. He played. He That's played what he better on the, He played better on the outside. He was in the outside with the Chiefs. I don't think oh, he, he, played he started outside nickel. with the Chiefs. I believe so. Um, I have to go back and look at my notes. Um, I'm thinking of fucking Mark Gilbert. That's what I'm looking. At. I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a six-one corner right now. <laughs> you think about somebody no, else? But, I know, um, I know, I know. His coverage grade was like in the seventies. So I mean, that's what I'm. Uh, he's been solid. I mean, PFF wouldn't give him a seventy coverage grade if he was terrible or average or bad. He's definitely more versatile than AJ Parker. Also, if AJ Parker being a nickel corner doesn't do anything else with the football team, yeah, he doesn't play on special teams or anything. He doesn't play the outside. So, who is I, more I like valuable? AJ Parker. I like I like AJ Parker, but I think like as far as a better football player. Uh, as far as in the corner and in nickel, I, uh, I'm going Mike Hughes, man. But if AJ um, Park, if AJ Parker's not your starting nickel corner, what's the point of having him? 
I said death. Uh, 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 death. That death, death. Death. It is. <laughs> Can so, never have enough corners, I guess. So right now, I believe what they're doing is actually AJ Parker's playing nickel, and I believe Mike Hughes. They're playing him inside and outside. They're just testing like scenes, but he's not with the first team. He hasn't played with the first team yet. From what I read, obviously we're still early in the process. That could change in training camp, preseason games, whatever. Um, it'll be a fun competition to watch. The nickel could be Will Harris, maybe he's playing outside right now because there's so many injuries, you know, and he's starting outside up to the money right now in uh, OTAs. But let's say everyone comes back healthy. Let's say Okuda's back, Jacobs is back. Or another thing is one thing we haven't mentioned: if Jerry Jacobs back healthy. Maybe he could play nickel. You have your best three corners out there, Amani, Okuda, and Jacobs. It's possible. Could be. But, again, guys, I'm telling you, like, PFF, I don't go by that, but they gave him a 78%. Wasn't that on the outside, on co- though? Coverage. I don't care if it was outside, inside, or around side. 78. <laughs> 78.8 <laughs> coverage um, grade is actually really damn good. I think that's better than every damn corner we have on our team. I think we could all agree, though, that – what this team kind of has where it lacked in previous years is depth. Like maybe the starters might not be as strong or there's some question marks, but you have depth for sure. 100%. Right? That's why this is my favorite position. This is my favorite group. This my room favorite is, position group on, on defense is this cornerback room. This room is very inexperienced, so there's a lot of learning. And uh, I don't want to like put too much stock into it right now. That's why. like I mean, Akuda could be good. Jerry Jacobs could be better. He, no, mean, he better be good. <laughs> for his but, career, he better be good. Well, my point is, like, I yeah. like it. It's intriguing. But, like, I'm more appealed by the edge rushers because I just think there's better guys, even though that they have a, two rookies on that edge rushing class. But I just think they've shown more than these corners. I mean, the only guy really proven in this cornerback room is Amani Awarie. And Jerry Jacobs. I mean, he played well. He Jerry played Jacobs well is good, but he's coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know the ACL technology is good now, and you know they yeah, recover pretty well. Yeah, but like nothing. again, I mean, like how is he going to recover? Like that's the question mark right now. I think he's yeah. going to recover the same way Jameson Williams is going to recover. Do you think Jameson Williams is going to recover well? I do. Like and then, then Jerry Jacobs is going to recover just as well. Same injury, uh, they're fine. Yeah, I don't think they're going to rush either one of them. Honestly, they're, they they're not. They're not. I mean, again, this is we have a lot of depth. I think there's a lot of guys that can start on this team in corner and. I, I get what you're saying, but w- what I'm saying is that the the cornerback room is going to pe- depend on our edge rushers. Because if our edge rushers are playing well, I think our corners going to play well. Yeah, that I makes, think it's, it's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle that, down. So that goes for every NFL team. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, if our edge rushers not playing well, then yeah, well, that's yeah, that goes for every NFL. Like that that goes right see. back to my my comment. There's no lockdown corners. That's exactly why you need edge rushers. You need a defensive line. Yeah. yeah. You, you guys want to get into safeties, which yeah. safety in general is one of my favorite positions, not on this team, but just in general. Yeah, let's do the I safeties. Love safeties. What do we got? Um, all right. So I think it's fair to say your starters right now are Tracy Walker and Deshaun Elliott. And then your top backups, obviously, safety three is probably Kirby Joseph. And after that, I mean, they tried to pop to Melifani with safety, but he got hurt. He's playing corner as well. They have CJ Moore, Juju Hughes, and Brady Breeze. Um, one thing I will say, though, I believe it was yesterday, uh, Kirby Joseph picked off Tim Boyle, and apparently Tim Boyle was having a bad OTAs. Shocker. Who, 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 um, who picked him off? Kirby Joseph. <laughs> Kirby, Kirby Joseph, let's go, man. Yeah. So Joseph Kirby. apparently has had a good camp so far, a good OTAs. Tim Boyle probably um, threw it right to his ass, too. <laughs> no, but <laughs> what happened was uh, 
They, so I believe I read that Kirby Joseph was in a robber, you know, that cover one robber where like you're kind yeah. of like that linebacker or whatever. Yeah. And he kind of read the quarterback size and picked it off. Sweet. I think this so is nice to see that. I think this position group has the least amount of controversy unless you really care about safety four. Like, like Deshaun Elliott and Tracy Walker are going to be starting safeties. Kirby Joseph is going to be safety three. After that, if you really care, like if you're a diehard, you care about safety four. That's your competition right now. You got CJ Moore, Harris, Brady Breeze, safety four, Melafonu, Will Harris. Like these are for your diehard. This is for your diehard fans. <laughs> yeah, CJ Moore is really, 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 really good on special teams. So I think Absolutely. he may make the roster. Yeah. I think he will. Yeah. So I, I think um, there's. I don't think there's really much here to talk about here. I mean, there is a little. Your, your, your starters are here. Like your starters, are, I think. No, like, no, but Deshaun Elliott has been injured more than he's been on the field. So I think then you're just sliding Kirby at that point. You want to knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt. When Kirby Joseph has only started one year of college. So there is a little bit of concern, in my opinion, with the depth there. There's not much depth after those guys. Yeah, okay. That, 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 that's so, so, so you want to keep are you saying you want to keep Brady Brees? I'm saying that maybe it doesn't hurt to add another safety to the mix. That's fair. Because I was going to say, if we were counting on one of these guys to be a starter going to week one, we got problems. After Kirby. <laughs> Deshaun Elliott or Walker, have any of these guys started a single game in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, here's the thing, right? You have Tracy Walker. We know what Tracy Walker is. Yes. Like, we're comfortable with him. I think he's a good safety. He has potential to be great, but right now he's good. Mm-hmm. Kirby Joseph has only started one year in college, great production, picked off Tim Boyle, but we don't know. Like, we haven't seen him on the field with the lines. It has great range for safety. Mm-hmm. But we just haven't seen him on the field. There's a lot of, like, he, there's a little learning curve for him. He's going to be a little raw. I don't think he's ready to start necessarily week one, but maybe week six or seven, he could be good to go. After that, bro, Will Harris, we know he's not good safety. He just, he, he don't work out at safety. Ifatu Melifanu, I mean, we haven't seen him at safety yet. Okay. Uh, CJ Moore, we've seen a little. I mean, it's not, he's a special teams player. Let's say that. Let's be nice. Brady Breeze, special teams player. Juju Hughes. I haven't seen him really play. Tyler has more. I mean, I've seen him on hard knocks. <laughs> maybe more of a special teams guy. I don't know. Like, there's just not. That's what I'm None of these guys have started a game before. I mean, there's a lot maybe, of youth in the secondary. A lot. Maybe, of maybe we're looking at it too deep, man. No, I'm maybe not looking, looking at it too, too deep. I, I told you, no. it's just Sean Elliott, Tracy Walker. That's all you got to know. We don't want to look at it past this. And and um, what's his name, Joseph? I think. Kirby. Yeah. If you, that's your yeah. third. Yeah. But if one of them goes yeah, down, Malcolm, yeah, if there, Tracy there's, goes there's down, you're kind of fucked, bro. Yeah, I mean, you gotta put a lot of hope in. That's um, not kind of what no one goes. You gotta put a lot of hope on um Kirby. Yeah, that's but... what it is. He has to play. He has to put a big boy pants on like Jerry Jacobs did last year. Yeah, they could always like you know sign guys, claim guys off waivers, or you know yeah, trade for the guy season. or whatever. Yeah, like there's options, but or 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 hopefully, I mean, usually, I mean. Arby Pleasant really does a really great job with our DBs. I mean, I can definitely say that. Land an AP, yeah. yeah so, so, so Pleasant, I mean, who knows? We may not need another guy if something bad, really bad happens. I think I, maybe maybe Arby Pleasant could get a guy in our safety room to be that Jerry Jacobs, that yeah, undrafted, you know, you know undrafted guy or a guy who is not expected to play well or expected to start and have him play really well. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Um. I will say this, though. They did hire a safeties coach, Brian Duker, but I think AP will still have, like, 
a big like say on what they want to do with with the secondary and stuff like that. I'll say this: I think AP is one of the best coaches at his respected position. He is great at his job. This, what this he did last year with Will, Jerry, and uh, AJ Parker. I mean, it's kind of impressive, bro. You have basically your top three corners go down. Okuda, right? Went down. Um, Amani didn't get hurt, but I might have. Well, I said at the end of the two, year. Well, bro, like Bob, basically, like Bobby Price was over Jacobs on the depth chart. You basically they went down to their one, their third corner, right or fourth. If he was also so it was Okuda, Ify. Then they went to Bobby Price. Bobby Price kind of played like shit. So we we're like, all right, we're gonna bench you. We're gonna try Jacobs. What is that? Okuda. Iffy, Bobby, that's their fourth corner. Yeah. Yeah. So just the, the job he did, and then you saw some flashes from Iffy and his. We even saw here. Will Harris once. What's his name went down too? Jerry. You saw some yeah. flashes out of, of Will Harris. Yeah. You saw Will Harris kind of be more comfortable at corner versus safety. And um, apparently, he actually had a really good day today, too. He actually had a good, uh, or it was yesterday, my bad. He actually locked down Amin Rasse Brown one of his routes. So let's go. Yeah. I want to say lockdown, but you know he just—he <laughs> no was with him. Now, but yes, yeah, he was with him. There's no pads. There's nothing. He was—he was running with him, stride for stride. So that's good. Normally, you see Will Harris lost in coverage. So yeah, like that DK Metcalf play. Remember that? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that game. That game was rough. That was brutal. That okay. Was All right. Well, again. Safety four is your competition to look out for. So you could look out for guys like CJ Moore, Juju Hughes, Brady Breeze, Melifanu potentially. I guess playing more Harris, corner, maybe. playing some safety. Yeah, Will Harris, I guess too. Like emergency so, option, right? Yeah, that, that's your safety four competition they get right now. I think your three right now. I think are pretty set in stone with Walker, Elliot, and Joseph. I'm pretty confident yeah. in saying that right now. Yeah. So that's it. That's all we got. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Peter, you got anything else to add? Um, no, that's it. Okay. Well, I hope Malcolm, anything? No, I'm good, bro. Let's get the hell out of here. All right. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And if you guys are interested, like I said, we did an offensive breakdown. So you guys can go check that out. It's on our feed. And then we did a Twitter space live edition. It was an interesting one. We talked about Lamar Jackson and what that could potentially mean with Detroit Lions. And I know people are confused. So if you are confused, Go click on the episode and you guys can go get some more intel on what we're talking about right now. So that's on your feed as well. And then, yeah, and we'll be on Twitter Spaces next week. We're doing every other week until Hard Knocks. And, yeah, that's all I got for now. Hope you guys all enjoyed again. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed. Or just do it because it's nice. I like a five-star review. And I'm signing out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all, it's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.